Welcome to the North Lakes Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Oswald. Today I'll be speaking with Brenda Spurlock and Cristobal Ramirez Romero, who are both community health workers at our clinic in Ashland. What's a community health worker? You tuned into the right podcast. I'm Brenda Spurlock, and I'm a community health worker here at our Ashland Downtown Clinic. And I'm Chris Ramirez Romero, and I'm also a community health worker here at the Ashland Downtown Clinic. What is a community health worker? It's a good question. <laughs> it can be a lot of things depending on the day. It can be us being patient support. It can be us being, you know, staff support. It can be provider support. But the I think the big delineating factor is that um, community health workers specifically address social domains of health in our clinical setting here, which essentially means that the stuff that happens outside of the clinic, we know affects the stuff that happens inside the clinic. Community health workers are there to help address those needs as, uh, as they arise and to navigate that with our providers. Absolutely. We are connectors and we are supporters and we um, encourage and seek out information that will benefit patients' lives. And of course, we focus on those social determinants. But I think what we do is to just help remove some of the fear and intimidation of a healthcare system. Um, there's no wrong question to ask. There's no wrong door to come into here, which is terrific. And we're, we're there to navigate that alongside patients. How, do, how does that work? Like, how do, like, I, I understand what you're saying, but <laughs> like, what, like, maybe, like, let's pretend, you know, hey, I'm Jeremy Oswald and I, I could use a hand. Uh, well, how, how would you go about helping me? I've just come in for an appointment. Um, I'm having a little trouble kind of like being here. Um, I'm having a little trouble maybe like what, what would be some things I might have trouble with where you two would jump in and help out? That's exactly where we would begin. And it starts with our fantastic front desk staff that recognize these things. And we'll place them on our calendar. Um, if we're able to see them right then and there, we will. But then we sort those things out and we determine from that point on what's most important, where to go next, and assure them that they've got a person here that will walk alongside them um, as they navigate things going forward. Yeah, I'd say like how you know you're asking how would someone access us or or like how would we begin that process and i think that like that process looks different for every individual that like we engage with um yes so for yourself you said you know coming in for an appointment right and you have these things that you're struggling with if at any point during the appointment that those items are brought up or identified by any staff member, generally we'll get notified via um, our internal messaging system and coordinate ways in which either Brenda, myself, or now Sam uh, Chrisman, I think is his last name, is a new community health worker here, um, how we can get in touch with them, uh, whether that be a warm handoff sometimes we have, or a lot of the times it's getting put on our calendars for some intentional one-on-one -on -one time to um, to discuss those needs and see, like Brenda said, what needs addressing and when. And how did this come to be? I mean, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of grew up in a, I'll say a traditional 
well, not traditional. My uncle was a doctor. <laughs> so we would, hey, Uncle Kurt, we could use a hand. And, you know, like there, I don't, I don't think he ever gave us a bill. So I guess I shouldn't say traditional, but he was a regular DO, you know, he had his own office and then he had, you know, he worked in the hospital, but I mean, this didn't exist then. Do you have a grasp of how this came about or how this position came to be? Is it unique to community health centers or I know you're not historians, but do you, do you know any of that? Like where, where this came, how this came to be? I, I think we can certainly thank um, the vision and the mission and leadership of, of, of North Lakes um, leaders. And it, it was developed, um, this particular model of community health worker is unique. Um, however, all FQHCs have staff on hand that are there to provide some supports. You know, that's those safety net services you might refer them um, to as. But it is unique here at North Lakes that we are specifically addressing the social determinants of health um, because I they're... I guess I'll stop you there mm -hmm. because I don't know if I know what the social determinants of health... Oh, yeah, that's the general... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably something that should get asked first, you know. Um, it, it, social determinants of health is where we were born, where we lived, grew up, what kind of access we had to health care, to education, what our communities looked like, whether they were inclusive or if they were indeed isolated, all of those things. And, of course, one of the major things is if you have access to insurance and health care from your local clinic. And... Um, that those factors play a very large role in what your health and wellness is going to look like over a lifespan and also for your children. So I think it's very important and it was very visionary to really address those where we live um, for all of those reasons. I think like maybe even, yeah, we're not historians, right? But I think like we have a pretty decent um, understanding of like the, the pathing of healthcare recently in that like traditional healthcare centered around like physical wellness and um, addressing, you know, addressing symptoms and, and addressing those symptoms in a way that like hopefully led to outcomes of an, a person having a better life or having better health, right? Then we started looking at what are the underlying things causing these symptoms to arise and how do we address those needs and and science developed in that manner. Then we started realizing that people's brains sometimes need different care than their bodies does. <laughs> and we started talking and, and having uh, whole fields of mental health and and uh, and mental well-being develop from from this, you know, partially abstracted version of physical health being only about the body, now including what we have in our brains as part of that health. Now, I think we have kind of had this progression where it is largely recognized and documented that like those social determinants like Brenda described affect those two things more than just about anything else in, in this world. And uh, if we are to really provide actual care to people, it doesn't just stop and end when someone comes into the doctor's office or in their therapy session. That the development and continuation of health and well-being happens at home with family. It happens at concerts with community members. It happens at game nights. Um, and it happens in places that we don't traditionally think of our health and well-being as being fostered and developed. But the reality being 
all those instances that stressors can be added to somebody's life affect affect their physical and mental well-being, their health, um, for the word that we use, healthcare. So community health workers, I think, are just a natural continuation of that process of us understanding that we're really complicated things. People are complicated. And the second we start delving into one thing, we're probably jumping into a pool of 100 other things. And that's okay. We just need to have the supports necessary to help navigate those other 100 things too. And that's where I think we get slotted in. So there was, um, knowing that, like at the conception of North Lakes, that was sort of recognized and like, hey, we're going to create this position. We're going to create this job, community health worker, that will assist people with that to help break down those barriers. I love that in our mission. I'm looking around. I see you both have your name badges on, and I love that it's on the back of our back of each one. Um, so, and it's kind of evolved since then. There's now, you know, there's kind of, we try to have them scattered about our service area. And um, I've been lucky enough that I get to sit in on some of your meetings and it's always really neat to hear what you guys talk about. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> right. So um, is there any, I don't know, any more about that history or about, so I kind of derailed you there a little bit, Brenda, when I asked you about the social determinants of health, I didn't mean to. I think it was an evolution from the original model where where it was primarily handing out things. Um, people needed simple things, you know, obviously gas cards, bus tickets are things you need to get to appointments. But I think that the leadership of North Lakes recognized long ago that there's much more to it and what people actually need. And so that led to developing um, the model that we have with our community health worker team about really addressing head on those social determinants. Uh, I failed to mention that transportation is one of the biggest barriers, of course, and we're a rural. Um, we're, we're always going to be a rural community. Um, and so if you can't get here or if you can't pay for the visit, it's obviously not going to happen. And so those were some of the primary things that that clinic leadership um, focused on to make sure at least we're going to get you here and then we're going to work on things from there. And that's and so we continue to evolve and hopefully fine tune this model. It's been really um, it's really been satisfying to see that this is a focus of the clinic. Without a doubt, I, I, you know, and that's why I really wanted to speak to, well, and I'm happy, like, to speak to the two of you, but to have some community health workers in here, because I think it's, what does our CEO call it? You're our special sauce. <laughs> um, Chris is much spicier than I am. I just want you to know. <laughs> Drop a little jalapeno in there, man. That's all right. I'm into the spice. But 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 that does make sense. And we're kind of the sticky glue between yeah. service services, service providers, and community, and, and and trying to make sure that we navigate those um, optimally for for each person. It's obviously person centered, and 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 one person doesn't have the same needs as the next. But I think we're um, pretty adept at managing that and making sure um, that we are accommodating all needs as best we can. And what would be, um, I, I think I we had some questions we sort of 
threw around before we started and I wrote, is there a typical patient that you work with? <laughs> and I don't think that's like, I don't want to say that, although I just did. But maybe a better way to phrase that is, what are some common things that you're helping people with? What do, what are some of the barriers that you're helping people with? I think literally the first thing that came to mind was like housing because it's generally the, like the most pressure that you feel in this position is centered around individuals housing. Um, and it is probably the hardest part of the social domains to navigate because housing is predicated on so like housing access, housing availability, uh, and like in general as a topic, like it, it is such like a multifaceted thing that like mm -hmm. when people are struggling with their housing, generally there's other underlying things that are, are, also in need of um, navigating as well. So a lot of, like I'd say transportation and housing are generally the two largest um, drivers of patients, like drivers of patients towards like community health worker services. Um, and I could elaborate on that for sure, but I think like, Brenda, is there anything else that you think that we see like a lot? Well, I think in that I, I somewhat specialize in the behavioral health area, there is um, there's huge concerns, there's fear among people in addressing um, some of those needs and understanding how to access them and, and just being something as simple as explaining what our paperwork says and going through it with a person is incredibly helpful. You know, we're we're in a really fast-paced world, and we, we shove – everywhere you go, people are shoving papers in front of you, and you sign them. You don't have any idea what that is. And and when um, when you need to share history when you are seeking a, a, a behavioral health provider, it's um, – it can be very daunting. And so I, I, I certainly enjoy that I am able to walk alongside people and help them with that and answer the questions they might have in, in hopes that when they access these services, they get the most out of them. And, and a lot of what I also do is help process um, after appointments or if there is additional support needed in between appointments um, to just really work with maintaining that, that health and wellness. So it's... Um, there is no typical patient, and, and it's really nice working with Chris. Is we have we, we obviously have different backgrounds and, and different skill sets, and we work really well together. And and oh, I think we have cast our net very wide, and and the net feels um, safe. Uh, I have to imagine that has to be helpful to the providers and the rest of the people that are here offering care that if you can you know to save time when somebody's in an appointment with a provider they're not talking about like hey this paperwork doesn't make sense to me or that that they're you're able to assist with those questions so that the the, the care can happen yeah yeah I, like absolutely it's incredible literally went right over my head like that the the care access is like actually probably one of the large probably the largest feeder to the community health worker program that navigating the paperwork bit developing relationships with providers is something like it's like to navigate as well like um people who are seeing one provider else like at another clinic coming wanting to you know learn about who we have here we're able to 
to bridge that gap for community members without them diving right into seeing somebody right away. And that itself can be super valuable. I, we get so many referrals like that, actually. We do. We do. So and obviously we, we work with our community partners, whether yeah. those are service providers or other supports, um, social determinant of health type supports in the community. So we're always, um, you know, working together in this larger community um, setting to make sure that um, we're, doing, we're doing what we can for each person. Yeah. And how does how do you work with the provider? Like uh, what? Like how does that happen? Is there a typical? Like, <laughs> or like what would be an example of how how you um, work with a doctor or a behavioral health therapist? Or give me any other example you'd like. I think there's really simple requests that um, so-and-so missed the last couple appointments. Can you kind of check in and see what's going on? You know, absolutely. To um, someone who's navigating some really complex medical issues and knows that um, this person or family may need additional help to understand what's going on and, and manage appointments or scheduling those appointments and, and getting to those appointments. And so they've gotten really comfortable um, in in referring simple or complex, which is which is great to see. And then after that occurs, like there's a lot of informal, pardon me, informal teaming that occurs, like where we'll interact with each other in each other's offices to uh, touch base regarding folks that we're working with or um, we use an internal messaging system through Epic where we like can send instant messages to, you know, discuss what's happening with somebody live sometimes. Um, so there's formal teaming that occurs during staffings and briefings and stuff like that and, and organized meetings. But the reality of our work is that it occurs like in this kind of liminal space, like where we um, are like sometimes called in directly to patient appointments to assist. And we also have those scheduled appointments. Um, but those scheduled appointments, a lot of the times are referred by those providers that, so it's a like the, the, the way that it, it, like we engage with providers, again, the typical provider. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it really, it, that it, it's all typical over. provider, which I haven't met yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is why we're here. Dr. Typical. <laughs> Dr. Typical. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> how, how did you develop that relationship? I, I, I don't, I, I don't know how to ask this, I guess. It's like, but I, I can't imagine like, you guys showed up as community health workers and the other providers like, great, come on in. We'd love, I need your help. But I, I'm, I'm going to guess that, and you've both been here for a while and you, you've had to build a relationship. Was that, what was that like? Brenda saying good morning to everybody for two and a half years. And <laughs> I'm smiling and, and saying, you know, what can I help with? Um, but oh, you build yeah. trust one-on-one -on -one yes. and and they watch and see the work that you do um, often witnessed through the patients that they're seeing. So, you know, hopefully there's some positive feedback that's happening. And so, you know, it was hard. It's hard to adjust to something brand new when, when you are providing and used to a way uh, of, of, of doing your practice. There's certainly, I mean, so this was an adjustment for everybody. That's real. So it takes time. But, um, you know, you're friendly, you're respectful, uh, and, they, and you build trust, and they know that you're there to provide quality work 
Um, and it just it just happens then over time. It takes a while. It takes a few laps. <laughs> yeah, I echo every sentiment of that. And I think like the idea of it taking time, like relationships, like you said, don't happen overnight. Sometimes they do. Who knows, man? Like we've had some providers that get into like the clinic and they're like, thank God we have people like you around <laughs> and immediately start sending stuff our way. But but the the natural occurrence of like just developing that um that notion that like we're dependable and we have like skill sets that are like very useful for the individuals that we work with and very useful for you too that we are not just a resource for our patients we're a resource for you as well just as you're a health resource for Brenda and myself and and behavior like whoever else is in this clinic right like we have things we can offer to the team Ours is just a little different. And once they see the, they see the results, that feedback piece from our patients, like that's, I can't stress how pivotal those, like, uh, I, those are informal conversations too. Like the, of course, the provider yeah. doesn't prompt that from the patient, but the work that we do, and I don't want to sound pompous, but it does speak for itself in that I think we have a very intentional way of being with people and, um, and we get the opportunity to hold space for those people and create um, what I think, and I love to call it this, like a healthcare home rather than just a health center. Like this is a place where people feel comfortable spending time and it shows in that. their appointments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does. So. And what, what got you two into this? Uh, you know, yeah. like what I, like what, what drew you to this work or how did you find out about it or what are your backgrounds a little bit that landed you here? Yeah. So my background, um, all before this was in politics and in specific community organizing. Um, and after my last election cycle, I was feeling not in, like not really that energetic anymore. Um, so I was taking a little bit of a break. And during that break, I uh, had a interaction with an old friend who happens to work at North Lakes and, and discussed this um, resource coordinator position that North Lakes had and that it was, uh, you know, centered around like really increasing access to like resources um, and to like increase access to healthcare. Um, and that, you know, Chris, it's something that I think you could be like pretty good at. Um, so if you're ever interested, like, give me a call. And I let that sit for like a week. And I was like, I could not stop thinking that this is like one of the coolest ideas ever. Like <laughs> that this is like everything that I would like to see in the world. Like people. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No. I, so you you didn't know about it either. You're oh, like, I you do no like, idea. What happens there? Yes. You do, you do what? <laughs> Literally could not stop asking questions. Like I like, did not believe this was um, something that health centers or or a, a clinic could do. I <laughs> was a very sick kid. I spent tons of time in the hospital. I was in and out of North Shore Clinic in uh, in Lincolnwood. Like I I can't tell you like how many appointments I had. Um, not once did I, and I don't think like, I mean, this is not to bash them, but not once did I ever know that something like this could exist in a clinical setting to make people feel, uh, just feel better. I think about times where I didn't know what was happening as a kid and where my mom didn't know what was happening. Um, 
or my grandparents didn't know what's happening, right? Like how good it could have been just to have anybody to provide support. And that's like literally just one facet of what we do. Um, and to learn that there's somebody like a position that can do that, but also do so much more for people going through similar, going through things similar to what my family had to go through. It's a, it's, it's an amazing thing. So I, I landed in this work because I heard from a friend that there was this really cool thing that this clinic was doing. And if um, I was interested in it, just to ask. So I asked and I was interviewed and I was hired. And that was in, at the end of 2018. I was hired in March of uh, 19. And I've been here ever since. I have had a long history of helping human beings. I, I at least I, I hope um, that's been a priority for me to to support the wellness of others. And, and certainly, you know, you're aware I've worked in another setting. I worked in criminal justice for almost 24 years um, in the area, and I knew of North Lakes. And, and in fact, you know. North Lakes came in inside the walls where, you know, in, inside the, um, the correctional facilities. And I was always um, I was always impressed with the passion, with the intelligence, with with the agility of of people at North Lakes. Like if there's a problem, let's figure out we're going to figure out how to help you. We're going to we're going to we're going to try to, you know, solve this problem. What kind of problems do you have? Let's see what we can do. And and it began actually partnering with um, a grant writer that North Lakes had years ago that was fantastic. And it was so refreshing. Um, and, and there, you know, there's wonderful healthcare providers all through our region. But I was very familiar um, with the face of North faces of North Lakes. And um, I it was a it was a passion of mine that when I was done with that career, I know where I want to go. You know, they're my people. <laughs> so yeah. that's what happened. And uh I'll tip my hat a little bit. I, I knew your story, and I'm glad, but I wanted to prompt it out of you. And I, I, I guess I can, I, I, I knew you then, and uh, I don't know if people know the work that you did before here. I bet they do, but I, I saw it and recognized it for what you did for, um, and I was always impressed. And when I heard that you, uh, you were here, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, oh, that's, thank that's you. a good fit. You too, Chris. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What, but, and what? A, and I know we're off, but what a delight! And but you know, um, I recognize similarities. You know, like I said, the just the let's let's do this. Let's let's go. Let's get something good done. And that's you know certainly what what the attraction was. It's like okay, you're here. And the um, one and. I'm thrilled you're both here, by the way, because I think you you two are such a neat pair, and I like I'm a little jealous that you have each other. Oh. <laughs> Not that you have each other, but I, I just think that it's like, I, you know, I I can just like I am guessing the two of you have little uh, talks together, but you work you complement each other very well, is what I'm saying. Sure. Yes, I feel that way too. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm really lucky. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what I got, this is kind of a two parter and we can do, you want the good news or the bad news first? <laughs> bad news. Bad news. I'm a bad Well, this is, and this is, I don't mean to like put you on the spot and you can tell me not to answer this, but, 
um, tell me about a time when you weren't able to help someone. Um, you know, like I, I think you do lots of great things, but um, I'm out in the world and sometimes sometimes you're not able to help someone. Has that happened to either one of you? And yeah. what's that like or who or how like what, how, how couldn't you help, help someone? It happened today. <laughs> um, and I won't share specifics, but mm-hmm. like a lot of the things that this may come off as pompous, but I'm going to say it anyways. Any <laughs> anything that I can fix, I'll fix. Oh, like, yeah. like there's no doubt in my mind that once I set forth on a path with somebody that I will see it like through until it stops. And that can that can be hard sometimes because sometimes it stops sooner than you think. Uh, mm-hmm. So like just today I was navigating something uh, with a, a gentleman that I've been working with for a little bit and it's a small loss, right? Like this was not something that catastrophically affected his life, thankfully. So I don't feel terribly, you know, it's not terribly difficult to talk about, but it's centered around like uh, very mundane um, mundane procedure for for transferring a phone number to get somebody safe link, right? Like, so it can be as small as a like phone call going poorly with a representative where they don't understand what you're saying and they totally botch all your paperwork and bam that application that you had been doing like is essentially uh, ruined. All the proof that you sent in like doesn't matter anymore and you have to start the process over. And that happens not because I didn't call four times and doesn't happen because I didn't fax something or like that, that was not within my control. But the, the result is that the individual I worked with is like, like doesn't have a cell phone right now. Like that's terror. That's not a, I mean, okay, terrible, right? It's a bad outcome. I, if I didn't have my phone, I know I'd at least be bummed out. Yeah. At the least. Cool. Yeah. So the thing is, like, sometimes it's just the process itself that causes it to not be a successful, you know, thing. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, um, yeah. And that that's, like, that's one time where it doesn't work. There's other times where it doesn't work because... It just doesn't. We, well, we have to rely on, on you know, we, we aren't sitting there with an, a full arsenal of supports and services that, that people need. So we have to rely on our partners. And, and we, you know, most of the time that goes really well. But I think that it, it's, it is fair. I'm glad you asked the question because it does happen. It does happen that we can't do... Um, we can't navigate all the hard things and solve them for people. What we do do, though, is take some really big problems and make them smaller and hopefully more manageable. You know, and I think that people recognize and appreciate that we're in the game with them there trying to do this, that we're, we, we are there supporting them. And, and that trust and, and that alignment is felt. And um, there has been, you know, there's been a number of times, I'm sure that you hear it very frequently, that, you know, it, it, it didn't work out. But I, I really feel good that you did everything you could. You know, and that's 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 where we live is we do what we can. Um, we can't. We can't fix it all. We never will fix it all. But if at least you are side by side and doing your best, um, people appreciate that. And, and at least they can leave with a side of dignity. Well, and I'm there. 
you said you had been working with this person for a little bit. Yeah. And I, that must give them some, uh, I don't want to say confidence, but at least like, well, I know Chris, who I trust, was out there doing it all for me, mm-hmm. you know, and like trying to make it happen. And so, and they weren't alone. They, they trust you. Did they trust you? I assume they trust. I, I hope so. Okay. <laughs> and and so for them, like that, they weren't walking the path alone. No. Mm-hmm. No. And and throughout the process, he would look at me and say, uh, <laughs> "I don't know if I could have done this." Yeah. And I look back and I say, "I don't know if I could have either." <laughs> But we're teaching but we're skills together. while that happens. On you know, we're and teaching. That's exactly we're right. In modeling like, that, in modeling it, I'm also developing my resilience and skill in navigating this. Like, okay, that didn't work. What next time can I do to maximize my impact in this process? And if it is like being more, um, being more active in. Uh, I don't want to say push, being more pushy on the phone. I'll just say if it's, if it's being more pushy on the phone or if it's me utilizing very specific language when I'm navigating the system so I get the result that I need. Like, yeah, it gives me the opportunity to learn. And uh, when I like say, like, I don't know if I could have either, like that is kind of a genuine thing in a lot of the things that we do navigate. Like it is not, there's very little of in like of a typical like we talked about there's very little of a typical case uh for any given thing so it is usually some of level of a first of me going through a thing with somebody and that's like i'll be transparent if that's the case and say like i can't tell you that i've like done specifically this thing before but I'm like ready and willing to do it for the first time with you. If you're like, okay, navigating that with me. And generally the answer is like, yes, because it's a terrifying thing to do it alone. But I think sometimes it's yes, because they're there to be with us, to go through it with us. What, um, what, uh, uh, this is, I'm gonna just, sounds like this is a hard job. How do you guys take care of yourselves? How do you like after that, like a, something isn't successful you able are you do you are you both able to kind of like huh what like of course not you're not just walking away like oh that's the way it goes but that that has to that has to be hard and brendan and i have each other like we really during the pandemic in particular leaned heavily on one another for support throughout throughout everything and like still like literally this morning Brenda came to check on me because there was something difficult happening yesterday. So, like, it is a matter of mutuality. That is, uh, and that's, like, navigating it on this end, right? Like, I do stuff for myself. Like, I, I play Overwatch. I play guitar. And I sing in the kitchen and cook for, like, two hours a night. Like, all. So, like, there's all these things, right? But in the job... Like my coworkers, the people that are around me, those are the individuals that that get me through. Yes, indeed, and and we have a wonderful team here, and um, 
that you can feel that support. And, you know, it, it it's not just on paper. You can feel it because you've developed those relationships within, you know, within the within the network of providers, and and you know that everybody's doing hard things. And um, I think what's really special is that every everyone is committed to doing the very best every time to the best of their ability for this common mission. And, and that's set. So, you know, you're not, we're also not alone. Yes. So that's very, very helpful. And they eat. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, man. That's right. <laughs> That may have been the first yeah, yeah, part, uh, proper answer is quesadillas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. I'm going to go with quesadillas. Yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> for 200. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so Sounds the good great. news, tell me about a success. Oh, yeah, you want to? Okay, you go ahead. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm trying to. Oh, I, if you, you have, know, um, I think one that was um, especially rewarding um, was quite recent, and it was um, someone with a lot of so you know a lot of um, deficits in the area of um, social determinants, and including um, a long criminal history, and. Um, just being able to work with the person to get them to a place where they realize they deserve good care, they should access good care, they should follow through with that care, that there's additional support that won't be non-judgmental. Um, nothing huge happened other than they got connected to the right resources and are on their way to um, hopefully having a, a successful um disability filing because they they got hurt really badly at work and um, not letting pride pride is not a social determinant but um, <laughs> sometimes pride gets in the way of people thinking they deserve care or and will not even access care and so it's, it's been a it's been a long road with this person but I can see and feel the difference and they they are recovering and living their best life right now even though it looks really different than it did last year <laughs> that feels pretty good Gosh, okay. So, I, yeah, I, I'm having a hard time with it, partially because, like, and I'm sure you feel this way, too. Yes, there's 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 a lot that I can think of, but also a lot that I'm like, I'm not sure if we're really all the way done. And, like, I don't think that, yeah, so I have to, like, reframe my mindset and think, like, all right, even if, like, we're not, like, you know, I don't know where the end goal could be we are where an end goal once was and um so there like in particular there's someone i've been working with long term that has like we have been on top of it in terms of like finding forms of assistance and um and applying for them and ensuring that they're able to receive them tackling things that were happening in personal life, tackling things that were happening in their <laughs> in their legal life, like tackling a number of these domains as they like were arising, right? And initially the goal was 
I would like to file for disability. And like, that's excellent. That's a very attainable goal. I know how to navigate that. I've done that one before, so we don't need to go through that one. But the, uh, like the process didn't stop. And that's like, I think one of the things that going back to the, like the hard stuff of this job is that like, it doesn't necessarily always have like this clear delineated end. Mm. Um, so thinking of wins, like I literally, like when you said, like, have you had like a success? I was like, yeah, man, I like, I just had a really great one, like this morning. <laughs> so, and like, for me, it was like that success this morning um, was, I've been able to provide like social support to this individual um, who's elderly and doesn't have a lot of friends and, and family in the area doesn't interact with them very often. So after their chiropractic meetings, I have been a point of support for that person. And we meet weekly, we meet for an hour, we talk, we talk about family, we talk about food, we talk about fun. Sometimes she needs additional resources and we'll navigate that as those things arise. Like um, sometimes it can be as simple as needing, you know, household items right every time i meet with her i feel like there's some level of success because she's continued to meet and she's engaging with uh, a person that she enjoys engaging with like right like that's that's the win so successes happen every day of every size um and they those successes will never stop because i think like the success is when we're able to actually do the work so we do the work every day. What, uh, um, again, I'm having a hard time phrasing this, but I, you guys are really smart and you're going to be able to help me do my question. <laughs> you're going to assist me with this. Yes. But it's, I, and I, um, and I'm going to use the word typical and be stereotypical here, but I guess like, what are, what, like, I think you and maybe here at North Lakes, we might see things about people in our town that not a lot of people see. Like, I, I think that um, a lot of it might be hidden and people might be surprised about mm -hmm. um, things. And this is where I need your help. I think you know what I'm asking. Yeah. And can you expand mm -hmm. on that a little bit? I yeah. I do. Um, and I can specifically refer to, you know, the, the, the endless pandemic. Um, so I'm going to say the number one thing that I think it, that is hidden is the loneliness in this community. 100%. And that's where Chris and I have been the resource, you know, among all the other wonderful providers and things that they do. But but they know we, we are here and we are front facing in the chair when many other other entities were not and um we have listened to a lot of sadness and reflected with people and encouraged um but the loneliness is palpable and and if you can imagine how well we're you know we're in ashland and there's a fair amount of stuff going on here can you imagine the isolation that's felt you know because we're, we're working with people from all over the community so we try to be the bridge to um to any other 
connections that they can make and and when during that time when there were so few to make we did a lot of that and and i think that is something that we don't talk about and i would suspect that that had great impact on physical and mental health in our communities everywhere so the fact that we can be who we are doing for this organization what we do i think it's pretty cool and i think it's had impact i think so too and i think that that loneliness bit is like the biggest unseen. Um, the like the level of people feeling isolated. <laughs> the level of people. <laughs> the number it's of It's hard people. not to do, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it is. <laughs> the level of isolation felt by many people <laughs> like is uh it's shocking. And mm-hmm. you know, it's not always the first thing that is brought up when we begin engaging with somebody, mm-hmm. but f- it is like fairly quickly comes to the surface in terms of uh, well, it helps that we have a screener that asks like do you yes, feel lonely and isolated our, our screening tool which is yeah. i'm really glad it is me too um, because yeah. after that question it's always surprising to me the number of people who don't have someone they could call if they need help mm-hmm. or that say i used to but i don't think i can anymore and um, those like that isn't <laughs> that is usually not the only thing that's happening in these people's lives. And I think that that is maybe after financial like solvency or I don't know what word you want to like being able to like, pay for everything. Right. Like outside of that loneliness, I think, is the biggest exasperation factor too like it it, it exaggerated it augments like a lot of the things that like we are there to um, begin addressing like people who are lonely and homeless yeah like that's that's the loneliest I've ever seen a human being in my whole life but being lonely and housed being lonely and living with family being lonely and living with a spouse like i don't know what happened to human connection over the last three years but um but people feel like islands right now and i don't necessarily always know where to go for that because if you look at ashland there's a like you said there's a lot happening here but you know that narrows down when you're looking for sober events and that narrows down more when you're looking for free sober events (laughs) and then even more so like when you feel like you aren't a part of where you live Mm -hmm. it's scary to go places and it's not the grocery store that we're saying go interact with people and we're saying (laughs) you know get out there and and engage with the strangers and and then sometimes i go well i was a stranger once and look how this is gone but like the the it doesn't It doesn't feel good to be lonely. And I think that that isn't talked about enough. Uh, And as like an unseen thing, chief amongst them. Not the answer I was thinking. What were you thinking, Jeremy? I'm interested in this. No, I don't, I, you know. Really? (laughs) Well, I, I, I guess, uh, you know, I was going to be dramatic, 
you know, and I was going to say, like, there's a huge drug problem. In this town. <laughs> you know, um, like, well, I mean, you know, like, that's the typical response, right? Yeah. And like, but underneath the drugs, the drug use is loneliness and disconnection, you know, and, and families that have broken down and systems that um, aren't built to handle all of the diverse population needs that we have. You know, we talk a lot about in, in inclusivity and it's a lot harder to have and see, see happen than it is to talk about it. Um, so we've got, we've got lots of work to do, um, but the good news is we're doing we're doing the work that we can. We are we are fortunate to be allowed to do that within the the clinic setting and within North Lakes as, as, as a whole. We're grateful for that um, vision to start and develop this type of a community health worker uh, model, and and hope that we can continue for a bit. <laughs> and to piggyback off that, if that's all right, like fundamentally, this gets at like. You asked the question how this came, this position kind of came to be. <laughs> Medi- medical science, like the medical field, had a lot right about understanding how to discern what is actually hurting somebody or what is discern- mm-hmm. like what is causing these symptoms to present. Like what, and they developed the word pathology for going back and <laughs> and learning how something develops, right? And I would I hesitate to to put like the word pathology on the method that, mm-hmm. but we do we're not just looking at addressing the symptoms of these things anymore. We are looking upstream and seeking the underlying causes of those things as community health workers. We've taken like the absolute best concepts of like mental health, being able to provide good mental health, being able to provide good physical health and like being able to see the whole person. Like we were able to take these, all these little pieces. Like I feel like we're like mosaics and we like put it into us and we're like, okay, like let's figure Let's figure this out. Let's get Let's get good stuff done. Yeah. And getting good stuff done sometimes takes looking at the underlying causes and the community health worker model that North Lakes has adapted, adopted, pardon me, but has been, um, has been exactly that. And if somebody wants to utilize your services, how do they do it? Stop in, call, um, get referred through a provider that's here, um, but just just stop in. Um, our, like I said, our front our front desk professionals are so good at at understanding needs and um, accommodating people, and and um, we're that no no wrong door. If someone has a problem and they're not, they might not be sure where to go. They know that if they have a conversation with one of us, at least we'll at least kind of um you know flesh that out what's the most what's most important today for you and get started on that yeah schedule with us i'm excited to meet you like genuinely always give us a call (laughs) yeah give us a call give us a call yeah no wrong door right like brenda said that no wrong door Hmm. uh i got one last question for both of you and that's uh what's in your car right now oh god in my car. What is in your car right now? Can the hairspray. Oh. <laughs> this is an embarrassing question for me right now. <laughs> oh, I mean, not a lot, but they're look that 
bottle of water and a can. I'm so boring. Sorry. No. And dog hair. <laughs> yeah, for real though. <laughs> for real. Um, <laughs> in my car, I have a like. I think it's a 150 watt Bluetooth speaker with like microphone connected to it. I have a box of food just in case I like get off the side of the road. I have water, I have underwear, toilet paper, a spare shirt, an extra pair of pants, just in case. Um, I know, I have, and it keeps going. <laughs> I have laundry detergent, just cause you never know when, toothbrush, toothpaste, two knives, a fire starter, and a set of matches. So. But no hairspray? No hairspray. I, I, I do have an Adele and Springsteen CD, just just so you know. That beats me, man. That's, yeah. Brenda Spurlock, Christopher Ramiro Ramirez. Cristobal. Cristobal, thank you very much. That's all right. What a treat to talk to you two and do this. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you, Jeremy. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. So that was two of our community health workers. Uh, both of them are in Ashland. Thank you, Brenda and Chris. It was great to talk to you. North Lakes Community Clinic is a federally qualified health center with clinics throughout the northern, eastern, and central parts of Wisconsin. We offer a variety of services, including chiropractic, behavioral health, medical, dental, pediatric, occupational, and speech therapy, optometry, nutrition therapy, prescription services, psychiatric medication management, and recovery. You can learn more by visiting our website, nlccwi.org. Don't forget to give us some feedback on whichever platform you are using to listen to this. It helps others find the show. I'm Jeremy Oswald. I'm a marketing and communication specialist here at North Lakes and today's host. Thanks for listening. <laughs>